Good morning, Gospel Hope, and happy Easter. Uh, we're so glad for the opportunity we have to gather here virtually. Uh, even though this is not our typical Easter gathering, we're so grateful that the Lord has provided the technology that we would be able to still continue to celebrate Christ's resurrection today. Well, we are going to be looking at John chapter 20 from God's Word today and continuing and finishing our series entitled Hope is Alive from John's Gospel. Uh, two weeks ago, we were in John chapter 18, and we looked at Jesus' arrest and betrayal. And last week, we looked at John chapter 19, where the darkest day in human history happened, and Christ was crucified. And then this week, we're going to be in John chapter 20, where Christ triumphs over the grave and rises from the dead to rescue his people from sin and conquer death and the devil. Uh, we're so grateful that you're with us today, and before we dive into God's word, Let's just pause and ask for his help. Lord, we are so grateful for the resurrection of Christ. Lord, we praise you that Jesus is the victor on our behalf. We rejoice that those who trust in him can have hope. And I pray, Lord, that all of us here today watching would find our hope in Jesus and Jesus alone. Open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things from your law. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to John chapter 20 today? And the title of the message is simply this, Hope is Alive. In Dante's classic work, The Inferno, over the gates of hell is written this ominous description. Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. The intent of those words is that all that entered through those gates would resign themselves to a life of complete and utter hopelessness. I think the disciples must have felt a little bit like that after Jesus' crucifixion. Put yourself in their shoes for just a moment. Their long-awaited Messiah, Jesus, this one they had been hoping in and thought would deliver and rescue them, was now dead. To the disciples, it must have felt like hope died with Jesus. And then we get to John chapter 20. And the broken-hearted Mary Magdalene, in a final act of honor, heads to the tomb of Jesus to anoint the body. But a sad thing happens there. She finds that the tomb is empty and Jesus is gone. We read in John chapter 20, verse 1, this. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark. She saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she went running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one that Jesus loved, and said to him, They've taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. Can you feel the emotion in her voice? Can you feel the sadness that she was feeling? In Mary's mind, this dark day must have felt even darker in that moment. And her little flame of hope that she still had was on the verge of being extinguished. Can you identify? Have you ever been in a season where apparently all hope was lost? Has your life ever seemed so bleak that you couldn't even lift your head? Maybe you're there right now. Maybe you look around at our current situation and you can't muster hope. Well, there's good news for you because the story of John chapter 20 carries on. And as we'll see, this is the greatest comeback story in all of human history. The crucifixion, friends, was just the dark before the dawn of the resurrection. 
Jesus didn't stay in the tomb. And as we'll see, that was not only a source of hope for Mary and Peter and John, it remains a source of hope for you and I today. Which brings me to my simple point this morning. It's this. We can have hope because Jesus is alive. Now you may hear that and say, well, Ryan, I'm with you. Uh, obviously, I see how the resurrection impacted Jesus or impacted Mary and Peter and John. I mean, I'm certain they were heartbroken after losing Jesus. But what does the resurrection have to do with me today? It's that question that by looking at John chapter 20, I hope we will answer. So I'd like to briefly share with us just three reasons, three reasons why you can have hope because Jesus is alive today. The first one is simply this. The reason we can have hope because of the resurrection is that the risen Christ loves people. So after Mary going to the empty tomb reports back to Peter and John, the two of them head to the tomb and we we were and recorded for us is a rather snarky and very personal detail. Look at verse number four. The two were running together, that's Peter and John, but the other disciple, that's John, outrun Peter and got to the tomb first. Apparently, uh, Peter thought that it was really, or John thought that it was really important that he reported that he was a faster runner than Peter. Uh, I, I'm not sure what's going on, but when they got there, they didn't know what to make of the situation. But Mary, so they head back to the other disciples. But Mary, she's now overcome with sorrow and grief, and she remains there at the tomb. Uh, she, she looks into the tomb, and she encounters an angelic messenger. And we read what happens there in verse number 13 of John chapter 20. Woman, why are you crying? Mary, heartbroken, pleads with the angels pleads with them. They have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they have put him. So she turns around. She probably hears a sound at that moment. Uh, she, she looks behind her, and there is a man. She doesn't know who it is. She thinks it's the gardener. So again, heartbroken and distraught over the whole situation, she turns to this would-be gardener and says in verse number 15, Sir, if you carried him away, Tell me where you have put him, and I will take him away. I mean, this moment drips with sorrow, overwhelming emotion. And then Jesus does something that is one of the sweetest things he could have done. This would-be gardener turns and looks at the grieving friend of Jesus and simply says a word, Mary. So Christ the freshly minted conqueror of the grave, speaks her name. I think this illustrates a beautiful and a critical truth, namely, Jesus defeated death for people. Christ did not die and rise again for the faceless masses. He didn't disarm the host of hell for numbers on a spreadsheet. He didn't break the shackles of death for data points of entry somewhere. He did it for individuals like you and me. Jesus rose from the dead for Mary and for John and for Peter and for anyone like you and I who would dare to put our hope in him. I think the reason why Jesus or, or why John includes this little detail in the story of Christ's resurrection about 
Peter and John running to the tomb, about Jesus speaking Mary's name. These seemingly inconsequential personal details is because he wanted to communicate a profound truth, and that is this. If you've trusted in Christ, friends, Jesus knows your name. This was certainly good news for the disciples, and it's good news for us today. In this season of pandemic, where we're regularly confronted with massive numbers and projections on a global scale and spreadsheets and charts and graphs that make it all seem overwhelming, it can be easy to feel lost, alone, isolated. But the hope of Easter is this. The risen Christ sees you. He knows you. He loves you. Listen, he loves Jess. He loves Rick. He loves Kendall. He loves Alfreda. He knows you. He sees you. He loves you. And if you put your hope in Christ, friends, Jesus knows your name. My isolated friends, in spite of our circumstances, the Savior knows you and he sees you. This is why we can have hope. But it's far from the only reason that hope is available. So we can have hope, number one, because the risen Christ loves people, but also, number two, because the risen Christ gives purpose. After Jesus' death, understandably, his disciples were frightened. I mean, after all, their master, their leader, had been crucified as a common criminal by the religious and political leaders of the day. So they did what many of us would do. They went and hid. Look again at the text and skip down to verse number 19. When it was evening on the first day of the week, the disciples were gathered together with the doors locked because they feared the Jews. I mean, you would, you would identify with that, right? They were afraid. They were scared. But locked doors were no obstacles to Jesus. So here's his disciples. They're hiding. They're cowering. And then all of a sudden, among them, Jesus appears. Verse number 19 again. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. Now, what would we expect Jesus to say at this kind of poignant moment? Would he come in and he give an explanation of what happened? Would he maybe spend a great deal of time alleviating their fears and comforting his disciples? You would think that from a human standpoint, but that's not what Jesus does at all. Rather, he takes this time to commission his disciples. Look at John chapter 20, verse number 21. Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me I also send you. In other words, Jesus walks into that room and he says to his disciples essentially this, I am alive, I am risen, and that makes all the difference. Now go and tell other people the good news that I have accomplished on their behalf. Look, the resurrection gives new meaning to life. And this was not something the disciples missed. I mean, stop and think about it for a minute. Here were these followers of Jesus huddled together in this room, frightened, understandably so. And after they hear from the risen Lord, what happens? These fearful men take the message of the risen Christ to the ends of the known world. The Bible actually says that they turned the world upside down with the message of Christ. All of the disciples were 
persecuted and tortured for their faith for taking this message of the risen Lord to the ends of the world. Look, these men were scared and they became bold because of the resurrection of Jesus, because the resurrection gave their life purpose and meaning. And the resurrection has the same power for you and I today. Like the disciples, we live in a day right now in this season where it is tempting to be overwhelmed by fear. And yet, in spite of that, we, like the disciples, because Christ is risen, have a purpose. Look, guys, Jesus is the Savior who sends. He doesn't just rescue us. He sends us out into the world to be his ambassadors, to be his hands and feet, to be his witnesses. Without question, this virus is serious. Uh, you know, quarantine is inconvenient and challenging. The future is uncertain. But here's the good news. We still have a job to do. We are sent out by Jesus to take the gospel in spite of the pandemic. Now, certainly, we need to be wise. We need to be careful. We need to strive, strive to exercise wisdom. But we have been entrusted with the greatest message in the world. Brothers and sisters, no matter what happens in our world, we are sent ones of the risen Christ. And here's the beautiful reality. No adversity can change your identity. Let me say that again. No adversity can change your identity. And that should fill us with hope. No matter what happens in our world, we are not without purpose. We are not just wasting time. We are sent by Jesus and we have a mission. And that is a great, great cause for hope. There's one more reason I'd like to share, though, why the resurrection gives us hope. And it's this. The risen Christ grants pardon. When Jesus initially appears to the disciples, one of them is missing. And it's a beautiful story about Thomas, who is rather skeptical. So he says this in John chapter 20, verse 25. Here's Thomas, the disciple that was absent from that meeting. If I don't see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger into the mark of the nails, I will never believe. Wow. I mean, that's hard words. I mean, Thomas is overwhelmed. And that little statement has unfortunately earned Thomas the dubious nickname, Doubting Thomas. But then, eight days later, Jesus appears again to his disciples. And this time, Thomas is present. And the risen Christ has a direct word for his doubting disciple. Look down at verse number 27. Put your finger here and look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Don't be faithless, but believe. To me, this is one of the most beautiful interactions in all of the Bible. Because here's what happens. Jesus appears and he could have harshly criticized Thomas. He could have rebuked him openly. But what does he do instead? He gently tenderly invites Thomas to touch his hands, to put his hand in his side, 
to stop his doubt and to believe. This is a clear illustration of a beautiful truth, namely this, Christ is the master of mercy. Jesus had every right to maybe even write off Thomas and say, I'm done with you. Why could you be so hard-hearted? Why don't you believe what your friend says? Why are you doubting Thomas? But instead, Jesus extends grace. He extends mercy. He grants forgiveness. He delights to show himself gracious. And that was true for Thomas. And it remains true for you and I today as well. Look, I don't know your story. But I do know this, all of us in our past have things that we're embarrassed of, things that we're ashamed of, things that we tempt us to believe that Christ could never or would never forgive us or accept us or love us. But the story of Thomas, this doubting, unbelieving man, reminds us that the grace in Christ is always greater than the sin in us. There is nothing in you that Christ cannot forgive. The risen Christ has the power to grant forgiveness. So no matter how long or how far you have wandered, turn, turn back, run to Jesus. And the one with the nail-pierced hands and the, the wound in his side will offer you pardon and forgiveness. He died and he rose again so that he could be the ultimate master of mercy. As it says in the book of Psalms, if you, O Lord, should mark our iniquities, who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness. Oh, what a beautiful truth illustrated right here as Christ resurrected from the grave. Friends, hope is possible because forgiveness is available through Christ and Christ alone. So where does this all leave us? Well, John chapter 20 actually ends with the Apostle John's thesis statement for the entire book, his whole gospel. And we read it in John chapter 20, verse number 30. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. In other words, John wrote all 21 chapters of this beautiful story of the life and death and resurrection of Jesus so that people would come to believe that through Jesus there is life, real life. And John offers that invitation to you and I today. Essentially, I think John the Apostle is asking us this. Would you dare to hope in Jesus? Now, I understand that hope is both precious and often fragile. No doubt all of us are aware of that in a heightened way in our situation today. It seems like the world is conspiring against us to extinguish our little flames of hope that we have. But here's the good news for all of us. Jesus offers a durable hope. Think about it for a moment. The devil tried to destroy hope. Death tried to destroy hope. Sin tried to destroy hope. But through the resurrection, Jesus overcome all of our greatest enemies. And if Jesus can beat sin and the devil and death itself, 
that COVID-19 and economic uncertainty and quarantine are no match for him. Here's the reality. As long as Jesus is alive, hope is alive. So my encouragement for all of us is simply this. Find hope in Jesus. He is at work. He is at powerful. And if he can turn the greatest evil act in human history into his ultimate triumph, he can certainly do something good and wonderful in our current situation right now. So you might hear this and say, Brian, man, I, I desperately want hope. And I'm with you. I believe that hope can be found in Jesus. But what does that look like? In this uncertainty, in this strange times in which we live, what does it look like to live a hope-filled life? Let me just offer two suggestions. Number one is this, seek hope. And we're in isolation. We're separated from one of the regular routines of our life. Many of us are working from home. Um, we're not out and about like we once were. Our schedules have all of a sudden been miraculously cleared of extracurricular activities. So what do we do with this time and this, these situations that the Lord has put in our hand? I would encourage all of us to use this time to seek hope where it really could be found. Instead of using extra time to surf the internet, instead of using it to binge on Netflix, I would encourage you to get into the Word of God. Pray. Have conversations with others about what the Lord is doing in their life. Seek hope where it is really found. Let, let me offer just this question for all of us. Is it possible that maybe the Lord brought about this circumstance? One of the reasons is this, is so that many of the distractions of our life would be removed for a season so that we would be able to better focus on the real source of hope, namely God and him sending his son to rescue us from our sins. Seek hope. Hope is certainly available in Jesus, but like any good thing, we must fight for it. So seek hope during this time. The second thing is simply this. Don't just seek hope, but share hope. One of the greatest ways to kind of stoke the flames of hope in our heart is to share about that hope with others. Now, I realize we have to be creative during this season because we're not in contact with others like we often are. But will you call, text, email, send smoke signals for Pete's sakes? Find ways to encourage others with the hope of the resurrection. Our world right now is feeling a weight of hopelessness. And the people of God have an opportunity right now to rise up and say, in spite of our circumstances, we have a durable hope because our Lord is risen. Our hope cannot be shaken because of what Jesus has done. Don't be glib. Don't be silly. But show people that you have roots sunk down deep in a hope that will never be moved away from you. Church, this is a unique time. And it is not without its challenges, but there is a special opportunity that we have right now to share, to share. We have hope. Our hope is alive because Jesus is alive. So friends, don't abandon hope. We never will walk through that gate. Abandon all hope, you who enter here, if you've trusted in the work of Jesus. And again, as the ancient Easter greeting says, Christ is risen. 
He is risen indeed. And as long as that is true, it makes all the difference. Hope is alive because Jesus is alive. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you that Christ is risen from the dead and that he gives us hope. I pray that we would sink our roots down deep into him. Help us to hope in Christ. We love you when we pray this in the name of your son. Amen. We love you, Gospel Hope. Happy Easter and celebrate the goodness of our risen Christ today.